0: One of the things that we talk to our stylists about is like, try to pick up on like the subtle cues like of of a client. Some clients just want to space out or watch the show or work on their laptop or just like not talk. And then some clients sometimes just want to be real chatty and talk. And uh, it's our job to be like what they need. I mean, that's the thing about Drybar that I think is why it's worked. We created that experience. I feel like, you know, obviously we didn't invent blowouts. They've been around forever. We just created this much better space and environment for you to go.
2: Are so tight. I'm sure yours feel the same. I do where you like separate your feet and then you like whack your hips to one side and the other. It's like,
1: it's uh, the best. Mm -hmm. I got a massage last night at that place. How was it? And he's like, Do you work construction? (laughs) What every girl wants to hear when they're having their body rubbed with oil. They ask when touching your shoulders, Do you work?
2: That's the weirdest structure. That's the weirdest thing I've
1: ever heard. He was joking.
2: Oh pray. The last time I was at the now, I had this guy sorta. Sorta. Yeah, actually. (laughs) You're like, I was moving. Yeah. Um, and he went so hard on my inner thigh and so kind of like very close to the the goods. I was like, is this right?
1: Like, I just didn't know. I was like, all right. When I was in Vietnam, I was like harassed. I had to get up and leave. Oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah, it was the most fucked up thing ever. I didn't know if I went into a place where that was happening, Mm -hmm. but I had to leave. It was so inappropriate. It was so messed up. Dude. But then when I left and I was walking out, I looked down and I looked to my left and they sleep in these bunk beds in a closet. Honestly, it was like, (gasps) I was like, oh, wow. Oh my God. fucking crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Hello. Hello, everybody. Bing bing. Welcome. Bing bing. <laughs> bing. Bing Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm a construction worker. <laughs> <What laughs> i are you?
2: Just still living my first lifetime as a woman. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you got your
1: first vaggie. <laughs> got your first vaggie badge Oh man. First vaggie vaggie vaggie. I'm wearing my I don't know if these are. I love are cool this look on you. I really do. Yeah, I love these shorts. They're actually. so cute. So I got these Fabletic shorts, um, and they're like bike shorts underneath, and they're shorts on the bottom, and they're fucking gonna be worn every day. Yo, bike, short, bike shorts are comfortable. Coming back. Yeah, they're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna wear them until they smell like pee. That's so what you usually no. do. <laughs> Secrets out. We just wear things until Gangs they up? smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until I get called out in public places about my smell. <laughs> it's like becoming a problem. I think it's like, I think people are probably going to be talking about it behind my back. Like today I smelled, we had our podcast we did with Jacqueline. Um, so cute. So cute. What's your
2: Jersey podcast. Yeah. She's awesome. She's a that comedian so here fun. in LA. She brought us Celsius, which is so Jersey and amazing. Cause it's a canned energy. It's drink. a canned energy
1: drink. And we drank it. I was bombed Is yours done? Yeah. Oh,
2: I'm feeling a little
1: like, I actually Whoa. really like it. it I looked at it. I was like, and, but it's amazing yeah it's pretty healthy good. energy accelerates metabolism burns body fat
2: yeah, that's all you got to say to us. Yeah, honestly. Burns
1: body fat. Say burns body fat, and I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. If you're new, I'm Krista Williams. And I'm Lindsay Simsick We're so happy to have you here. Thank the friend that sent you this podcast or the person that told you about this. It means so much that you're with us. Yeah, we're, we're just, all learning together.
2: Yeah, we're on this uh, transitional period together. It doesn't have to be necessarily 20s to your 30s. Um, I'm sure. You guys know that we're always kind of almost something or going through some kind of transition, uh, whether it's, you know, relationships, career, spirituality, health and wellness. So um, we just hope that we can, you know, comfort you Mm -hmm. in that you're not
1: alone and inspire you and laugh. Spicy. Spicy Spicy and
2: light. But yeah, we were just talking to Jacqueline. She's one of our listeners, which is so sweet and she's so funny and has like the best spray tan in LA. Yeah, she has
1: such a good spray tan. Love her. We're talking about her working at the comedy store. What else were we talking about? Oh, what like high school, where we're from. I'm trying to think uh-huh. of what else.
2: What did we talk about that? Oh, there was so much. We are just like riffing. Riffing. We were just fun. That's what I like to do. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. So we've been on tour and we want to see you. If you have not... Gone to our website, almost30 podcast.com dot yeah. com slash tour. Just check it out. If you have friends in that area, we want to meet you. This is not some weird, like what do I want to say? I know you what you want to say, but I don't know. We're not there's not like there's no a line to meet us. There's no rope. Yeah. There's no like hot guys serving cocktails. This is like it's no girls. We're hang. yeah. just hanging. There's no hype, man or hmm. woman.
1: There could be. Yeah.
2: If we give Chloe enough like yeah. kombucha, she gets up there. Yeah, <laughs> she should be our intro.
1: And get tons of goodies from amazing sponsors like Home Nutrition, who's been our marquee sponsor on our tour. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to thank them for all the support that they provided. But yeah, tour has been fucking amazing and fun and crazy. And then Lindsay and I now are putting out uh, eight episodes a month. So we used to yeah. do four and then we do six. Now we do eight, um, which is a shitload. That's like, it's a lot.
2: It's a lot. But it feels good. Yeah.
1: You know, we're, we
2: do have that much content. So it's Mm -hmm. just kind of forcing us to, you know. And build out. Build out. Build out. And get more help, which is nice. Yeah, for real. Can't say it enough. If you're building a business, get help, get help. Yep. Number one. Number one, get help. What are you doing? It just, you're going to make more money. I don't know what else to say.
1: You're going to make more money
2: if you have help.
1: Yeah. And also,
2: well, this is actually... So at our, um, female founders event, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Rachel Geike talked about, um, you know, self-care as an entrepreneur. Um, and it's really important, you know, mm. if you're, if you're running and listen, I know there's some parts of this entrepreneurial journey where you feel like, oh my God, I have no more to give, but there has to be some sort of balance because I assume that you want this to last, that you are in it for the long game. And if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't outsource and ask for help and have people who do some of these things better than you do them, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to be a life Mm -hmm. to your, there's going to be like an end date to your, yeah. Cause you can only do
1: so much and you're going to evolve and you're going to want to change. So, you know, Lindsay and I have taken on help or we, I know that there's people out there that can do what we do better. So we've always uh, wanted to do that. Uh, Biz tips with Karista and Lindsay. Biz tips. Biz tips. Take help.
2: I'm back on Hinge.
1: No. Cool. Whatever. I meant no, like, wow. I meant no, like, wow. Like, that's cool. Mm, It's whatever. You need to be on it. I just, I go through waves. Yeah. Where
2: I'm like, oh, like, also, Hinge is doing this like thing now where it's like different. What is it? So there are these like funny, thoughtful, weird questions that you answer. Into it. Three of them. And that's kind of how you say yes or no. Like there are pictures, obviously, and whatever. But it gives the person a little bit more of a personality.
1: Love that. I'm obsessed with that.
2: You know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, give us her bio. It's like
1: these funny questions. Because yeah. no one knows what to do with a bio. Yeah. How, how could I describe myself in four, four sentences? Mm-hmm. I'm different every fucking hour.
2: Yeah. I mean, literally, I'll probably be off in two weeks, but I go through waves. I'm like, yeah, okay. Have you connected with anyone? Hinge um, is close yeah. by? Hinge is friends of friends on Facebook, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've connected with a few people. No dates set up yet. That's the thing about dating apps. Very rarely do people... Like through. cut the combo and are just like, I'd love to, yeah. set something up, yeah. You kind of like dawdle, and like I'm, I can easily just say like, I sit, don't want be, a pen
1: pal. No, be
2: the That's one. True. I can be the one that like sets up, like, hey, I'd love to hang out, but I also like someone. To-
1: I know you've been a man too long. Been a man too long. It's time to be a woman. <laughs> I let him come to you. But it's true. I mean, everyone wants that. Like, just cut the cut the bullshit. Yeah. Just cut the shit. Cut the shit. There's too much shit in life. Cut the shit. But
2: it does remind me being on Hinge Man. Wow. There's just a lot of like Riffraff. Riffraff. Like not a lot, actually. Hinge, I think, is like kind of better than I thought. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of riffraff on other apps that I've been on the in the past. But I, I'm just like fascinated by like the photos, especially that people take. I'm like, okay, so what? I have some like non- I don't care how hot you are. I don't care how whatever you are. No, sure. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm, it depends on the context. If you're flexing and like, it is blatantly to show off your body, not into it. Mm-hmm. But if you're like with your dudes and you're like on a surf trip and you're like yeah. chilling, like, not jumping really into the lake, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay. But like, if you're like kind of posed a little bit and flexing, yeah. I mean, there's nothing I hate more. Yeah. Um, I think
1: of what else.
2: Selfies are always weird.
1: Yeah, as a guy, it's kind it's of weird. it's a, it's a double standard. It's always weird. It's a double standard for sure. I That's fine. It agree. is a double it is. It is a double standard. I agree. God, I just can't even imagine.
2: Well, I'll take you through some.
1: Yeah, I would love to actually go through mm-hmm. some. A lot of them like to
2: like pose with animals because whatever they think it's yeah, dude. A lot of my guy friends always
1: would put on their profile picture like them with like a baby. I'm like what babies are you doing or in? dogs or I'm trying you know, to get that pussy. Yeah, trying to get in. I'm trying to get that pussy with a little. Baby.
2: <laughs> or number one, hmm. with their sisters, them on a private jet. Oh no. Uh huh. Cause like it was, it was probably just a one time thing. Some like crazy weird whatever. It's like jet Suite X. but like they put it on their profile picture, their profile. Yeah. Why?
1: Yeah, yeah. Literally, only happens once. I mean, that's like very. Even if it
2: happens every too. week, I don't. What? Yeah, but some girls care, so I guess. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Anyway, all right.
2: Let us know if you're on uh, dating apps.
1: Yeah, let us know if you see Lindsay on a dating app. Yeah. If you're a, a gal looking for another gal and you see LT. Oh, my LT. God. We got to let it rest. <laughs> <laughs> She's done.
2: I agree. <laughs> She's a lady in this I'm lifetime. i construction
1: worker and you're a lady in this lifetime.
2: um. All right. So today on the
1: podcast, we had like the coolest convo with Miss Allie Webb of Damn. Yeah. Dry it was bar. so fun. That was so cool to hang out with her. She's the coolest. She came in smelling like Dry Bar. Krista would, called any, it out. Would anyone expect anything else? And I was like, what else? what
2: else would she smell I just like? was
1: like, whoa, she's living, breathing, smelling the brand. <laughs> Honestly, the I was like, oh, hey girl. So fashionable wearing this cute jumpsuit that was like... Comfy, young, and hip, and her hair looked amazing. She's
2: just, she's really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, she's fun and cool. I'm always, you know, in LA, I think like, you know, some people have airs, some people don't. Yeah. This woman has built a serious empire. Yeah, man. Had no problem taking time out of her day to come to our little studio yep. to hang. Yep. It was, it's just, hi, human, yeah. you're a human
1: being. Thank Honestly. you so much. If I were her, I would have had my like, Bodyguard, take me to and from. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'd be like, "Oh, I came in like riding a magic carpet, and my bodyguard's with me." Yeah, I'm so rich, so rich. But she's she's so down to earth, so down to earth. earth. So, um, Lindsay and I had so much fun talking to Allie. We talked about her journey to creating dry bar. What's hard about being an entrepreneur. We talked about the tough times of building the business in the first couple of years. Uh, We talked a lot about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. So what she does to feel good about Mm -hmm. how she's showing up as a mom and building the business. We talked about Uh, her relationship with her husband and her brother. They're
2: all in business together, Mm -hmm. which is mostly amazing, but can be challenging at times and how she's kind of navigated that relationship and balanced that. I mean, we're just in awe of what she's built. They have a, over 105 locations. Yeah, man. They have like went for it. And, you know, providing a space for women to come on a regular basis because it's affordable, they feel good. They're confident. It, it's kind of amazing. I know it sounds silly, but like, what a blowout will do for a gal, you know, and she's kind of, she's really, you know, captured that lightning in a bottle, um, with that concept. So we're really grateful for her for coming. She's an expander for us and, uh, we know she will be for you too. So enjoy this episode. If you love the episode, share it with your friends. Um, that's truly how we have grown subscribe rate and review on iTunes. Um, that is our favorite thing in the world to read. Do we have one?
1: Yeah. Let me find a good one. Thanks for the reviews, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie Dag. I think this is probably Danielle. Oh. Favorite podcast, five stars. Thank you for the movement you have started. I resonate so deeply with the things you talk about and the expertise and stories that your guests have. Listening to the Almost 30 podcast is like hanging out with my coolest, most loving and most relatable friends. Mm. It's true, honey. We are your friends. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Excited for you guys to hear this episode. Join the secret Facebook group to give, give your feedback and we will see you on the flip. Bye. And she's got an
0: emerald band. I have an emerald band too. And my my little emeralds are or they're like baguettes. And mine are mine are probably like half a carrot. So it's like a pretty like pretty crazy Mm ring.
1: But hers are like Three, I mean, there's, it's so big. It was like, there's a picture in Vogue of the the baguettes or whatever yeah. ring, but there yeah. wasn't like the actual Yeah, rock. That's the thing is like, I would feel, I, I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to feel uncomfortable even with mine oh, right now. I mean, I
0: don't know how she goes anywhere. i yeah. sure she doesn't wear, but but I've seen her at But then it's like, do something. you get a
1: fake one? You know, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I
0: thought about that. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes I, I think like a lot a of people one. do that. Like you would never know the difference
1: between like a cubic I zirconium. I mean, you would know, yeah. which is the problem, but other yes. people wouldn't know. That's a, that's what's so weird about it. Cause I honestly thought about that. I'm like, what if I just got like a fake? <laughs> I, have fri-
0: I have friends. I won't mention who they are, who have that, who have like cubic zirconium rings. You would never
1: know. See, you would never know. I would never know a person that would know. Why does it don't know why does it matter
2: that we want the it's real. It's cuz you would
1: know and you'd be like ashamed. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's so weird. And nobody would know except it's for like no you and your husband. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend one time that um they were engaged and they actually like are not engaged anymore but she accidentally like lost her ring. And was Is like, that why they're not engaged anymore? Well, <laughs> almost, so it was freaking out, and it was like the David. Yerm, it was like a David Yurman yeah. wedding ring. She was like, "Well, you know, I lost it, like freaking out." And she's like, "We have to call David Yurman and tell them because it's insured with them, right?" he was like freaked out he was so mad at her and it comes to find that it was a fake like David German ring oh no wonder he was yes. mad either. so that's why he was so mad he's <laughs> like oh because it was fake literally how funny I know I was like isn't that interesting oh and then now they're not gage anymore because she was like I don't know about this guy because yeah, he's like a liar liar which yeah. is like a bummer though you know you want to just get your girlfriend like the best ring yeah but I mean, ring talk. And <laughs> I'm just What my favorite is badass and you're badass. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean honestly, it's like here. it's it's sick. I love it. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're pumped. Yeah, we are dry bar so lovers. Thank you for having me. we in like for a long so many time. of our cities. I've been saying all week. I'm like, I just want someone to wash my hair. Yeah.
0: I know it's Literally, so much better when somebody else does it.
1: It's so much, and I love too, like the vibe and environment that, like, with a stylist, I can talk to them or not talk to them, and it's right. cool. Right. Mm-hmm. I like really, really appreciate. It's actually that. like one of the things that we talk to our stylists about. It's like try
0: to pick up on like the subtle the energy cues yeah. like of, of a client. Some clients just want to space out or watch the show or work on their laptop or just like not talk and then some clients sometimes just want to be real chatty and talk and uh, it's our job to be like figuring that out and kind of be what they need. It is harder to talk because of all the blow dryers and the music going that does prevent a challenge and then you're like this and (laughs) your stylist is like You know, Um, but you know, we worked really hard to create that environment. So I'm happy you feel that way. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's it's part of. I mean, that's the thing about Drybar that I think is is why it's worked. It's we created that experience. I mean, I I always tell people, I feel like you know, obviously we didn't invent blowouts; they've been around forever. We just created this much better space Mm -hmm. and environment for you to go, which is why you know, women could go to like fantastic Sams, and you can figure out places to go to get a blowout, but you you don't get all the other stuff you know the branding and the customer service the way it feels the way you know the experience of the stylist i mean it's, there's a million little things but mm-hmm. it all does boil down to the experience
1: yeah
2: mm. i mean you have the
0: experience down
2: yeah well, we honestly you yeah. do yeah i'm yeah. so Thank grateful cuz i teach soul cycle part time mm-hmm. and i don't brush my hair so the fact that you guys are always kind of close Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and like uh,
0: we're near yes. we always are near soul cycles well, that's
2: so cool you Teach SoulCycle, yeah, yeah, it's fun, it's fun. I,
1: I feel just, like but, you have
0: to have a certain personality to be able to teach a class like that because you have to really
2: dig deep.
1: Yeah, yeah, you right? do every day. Yeah, can you imagine Cause digging I like deep
0: that much? I, that's real deep. I know it's every too day. Deep. Do you do it every day?
2: Uh, so I just went part time, so it's not quite every day now. But when I was teaching full time, it was six days a week, multiple oh my times God. a day.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's you lot, like but. that's the greatest thing about soul Psycho. I feel like better than the workout is the instructors who pump you up and make you like think about like your life and like you're, mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. crying, totally. you're like Why am I crying. It's such a yeah. spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. well done. Yeah, I'm lucky. Can you but. imagine digging deep at 6am? No, okay. <laughs> I did this I, morning, but didn't, I was uh, like, oh man, this I is, I don't like doing anything at 6am. Oh, I'm so not a morning person. Yeah, what's your like
1: routine?
0: So it just kind of depends on the day. Yeah. It's like every day is different for me now. I mean, I was so like cool. so happy today. I didn't have to do really much. And because <sighs> I've been on like this crazy like schedule for mm-hmm. the last like, I'm well, for the last eight years. And every now and again, I get a day where it's like, there's not a lot going on. And today, this is like my big. This is my big outing oh, for the I
1: know. day. Thank you so <laughs> Got to much. Got nice and fresh. Truly, yeah. I actually it. spent
0: some time in my office, and that when I saw the girls and brought them goodies and whatever. Aww. But which I don't, don't actually get to do a mm. lot because I'm always traveling. I'm always at events. I'm always at stuff. Um, and now we're recording our recording our podcast. So it's just my my schedule is so crazy and full all the time that it's it's exhausting. Mm. I mean, in a good way, and I'm so grateful. But it's like having a morning off when I also have the house to myself because. As you know, my kids are away at summer camp, so mm-hmm. it's nice. So, so, so yeah, it just depends on, on the day. I mean, I'm gearing up to do a bunch more traveling
2: coming up, mm-hmm. but enjoying summer at home, kind of relaxed. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can you, um, so our listeners know who you are and are big fans, they've told us we have a secret Facebook group that Oh really? About you coming mm-hmm. on? Oh, that's so um, nice. Yeah, I love you. But we always just like to kind of track the trajectory and like mm-hmm. connect the dots. I know yeah. this hasn't always been this enormous mm-hmm. empire, and it hasn't always it been started. Nine started yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: started as a seedling. You know, so yeah. we'd love to go back
0: to how it all started. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, really, it's like always been a thing for me to get blowouts. Mm-hmm. I grew up in South Florida. I have naturally curly hair. As you know South Florida is like frizzy humid weather it's impossible didn't help my hair problems and it was just always that thing that I was kind of mystified about like how do how do people get like soft bouncy smooth hair <laughs> yeah. how does it work and I tried to figure it out on my own for a long time and then you know, after kind of bouncing around after high school and different careers, I decided to finally go to beauty school, which I felt like was like where I was meant to be and, and spent, you know, the last 20 years or so in, in the beauty industry, doing hair at salons and all sorts of things. And then I got married, had two kids and was a stay at home mom, which was like, that thought that was going to be it. Like that's Mm. kind of all I thought I like really wanted to do. And then after five years of being a stay-at-home mom, I got a little antsy and was like, gosh, I got to get out of the house and do something for myself. And so I started my mobile blow-dry business, which is called Straight at Home. And I was just running around LA blow-drying like all my mommy friends. And I realized during that time, because I was only charging $35 for a blowout, which is mm-hmm. very cheap to go to someone's house yeah. by any standards. Yeah, especially in LA. Especially in LA. But it, for me, it was like, I didn't really care so much about the money. It was more about like getting away from my kids for a couple hours yeah, literally. and, yeah, and having like freedom. And, and having a break. Yeah, so I started doing this just to like, you know, I had, I had only been in LA a couple of years at that point. So I didn't even know that many people. So it was a great way to like get out of the house, meet other women who also had kids who were in the same like same space as I was in there. I, I was like, I'll just come over when your baby's napping and give you a blowout. And so I got really busy really fast. And when I couldn't go to m- my client's homes, which would happen a lot, I would say like, well, what do you do? And, and the answer was always like, well, I either go to like the discount chain down the street or I go to a full service salon where, you know, I'm overpaying for the blowout mm-hmm. and they want to cut my hair and color my hair and it smells like a perm and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, huh. And that's kind of when the idea started you know, coming to mind and I was like, well, I I always dreamt of a place like Dry Bar. I didn't think it through all that well back then. But, you know, the more I started talking to my clients, the more I realized, man, there really is nothing. There's this huge hole in the marketplace. Like why why doesn't anybody do just blowouts? And, you know, I think that like, it's been interesting over the years as we've grown, how women have said, oh, I had this idea and whatever. And I'm like, listen, it's, it's a really hard business to execute while it may not look that way. It is incredibly hard. You know, I have a lot Mm -hmm. of years experience, not only doing blowouts, but working in salons and understanding how salons Mm -hmm. environments work, how stylists feel and think and all of that. So, Anyways, I, um, I went to my brother and my husband who, you know, are my business partners and are both bald, which I'm sure you've heard me say that before,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> with
0: the irony. And I said, you know, I think I should turn straight at home into, you know, a brick and mortar, which another side note that a lot of people don't know is that we actually at that point bought the URL URL. For straight bar because it was meant to be a spinoff of dry of my business straight Bought at that home real quick realized real quick yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we we're like um I don't think we should call it straight bar <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't feel right you know so anyways uh, we ended up coming up with dry bar but you know it was it was really just because it was like wow, wow no one's doing this and I think at the time you know stylists who worked in full service lawns like they didn't want to do like the $50 or $80 or what $100 blowout they wanted to do the $300 haircut you know so wasn't like, it was kind of annoying. I think it still is like stylist, you know, they, they don't, the blowouts, as you guys know, always go to like an assistant or whatever. And that's like what I did when I was an assistant. And so it's very hit or miss what you're getting. And so that's where I thought like, surely there's an opportunity here to just hone in on this one Mm -hmm. service. So I convinced my brother to give me the money to open the first store Cameron, my husband, is a creative director. He had was working in an advertising agency at the time and it, it, that was his career. So he started like working on the website. My brother was like putting all the spreadsheets together because he's like the business side of things. And I was figuring out how we were going to get this shop off the ground if I could get enough stylists who would also like doing blowouts, which is also a very big question mark mm-hmm. for me. I was like, are there even stylists out there that would only want to do blowouts. Because to be, mm. to work in any kind of hair salon, you need to have a, a full cosmetology license. So would stylists be even willing to do this? It's very labor intensive, whatever. But lo and behold, there was. And I started interviewing people like like in my living room and their interview process was blowing out my hair <laughs> to see if like they were any good and if they were nice people, you know? So that was like how the whole thing started. And, you know, it was probably about, I don't know, eight months to a year of planning before we opened dry bar, which was in 2010 in the middle of a recession, recession, mind you. So mm. it was also like felt very risky. And our first location was in Brentwood Brentwood gardens. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me. And they're like, you know, every business that's been in here has failed in our particular spot. Mm. And I was like, thanks for that. Oh my you know, God. and because it was t- 2010, like the er, people were really cutting back. Like people, there was like, I remember taking my brother to Brentwood gardens for the first time and, there was like nobody there. And he was like, I don't, and he didn't, he wasn't super familiar with the area. I had a good friend who lived around the corner. So I, Mm -hmm. I knew that there was like, you know, it was like a lot of daily use. And obviously now it's gotten so much more, you know, built out, but at the time there was just nobody even around. And we were, scared shitless that like nobody was going to yeah, come. Yeah. But, in, and what was funny is after we did open and we were so busy, like, you know, we had all the tenants coming over to us and being like, you know, you revived the center. Women Aww. are here now, which is really amazing, you know? And so I, I think what happened was women were cutting back on cotton and color and they would go a little longer in between haircuts yep. and go a little longer each color because having a great blowout made you feel really good. And so, you know, that's how the whole thing started. And that was over eight years ago. And, you know, as soon as we opened that first store, we were like, we are, we definitely are on to something and this has struck a chord with women and we need to keep going. And so that was,
1: that was it. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you, how much money did you guys need to start? Like how much money would like a new business owner need to start like
0: that? Well, I, it's different. To, it's hard to say in, yeah. as a general term because for us and, and dry bar is like there's so much electric yeah, because we have to have so much more electric than a normal business because mm. we have, you know, in Brentwood, for example, there's eight, you know, stations which need to have a blow dryer and curling irons and wow. all this electricity. So most, you know, most like a clothing store would never need the yeah. amount of electricity we need. Also, we need a, a, like… 10 times as much AC as a normal business needs because we're blowing hot in hot air into the space. So, you know, even if we had it's, which is honestly, we, we like, I think it was like maybe like five or six years before we actually even figured out exactly what we needed because it gets so hot. Like our shops in the Valley, those are, those babies are hard to keep because it gets so hot there. So, so you know, so there's, and then not to mention, there's a lot of build out for us. So, you know, dry bar set up like a bar and there's all the millwork behind the bar. So that, all of that stuff is very expensive Mm -hmm. too. So, you know, it's funny because when you compare it to like, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys know Sarah Gibson Tuttle. She's a good friend of mine. She owns Olive and June, you know, her, I mean, I know. I won't say it, but I know what her build-out costs. Right. And it's like significantly less than ours because, you know, she has to bring in chairs, but they do, you know, they bring you a little bowl for your pedicure. So they don't have to have the water like we do. They don't have the electricity. It's just a much smaller a whole mm. setup than well, ours, are, ours is so expensive. Wow. I mean, so you know, to answer your question, when we first opened, my brother basically put in $250,000, mm-hmm. which, and we put in like 50, which is our life savings mm-hmm. at the time. And yeah. and that was not even enough. I mean, wow. we had to, we at the, at the like kind of the last hour, we had to get more money to finish the store. Um, and now, you know, with uh, the, with inflation and everything, the stores are well over that to build. So, you know, I mean, the good news is the stores pretty much recoup that within a year. So it's a, it's a good business Mm -hmm. model, but so it really depends. I mean, on the flip side, if you're opening a clothing store, my parents had their own clothing stores growing up and, you know, entrepreneurial DNA that I have. I mean, that's also a really expensive acquisition too, because you have to buy all this inventory. And so you get, you know, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on inventory to open up a store. So, you know, the, the costs are different for everyone. but yeah. for us to do what we've done and to build out the stores the way we do, it's it's pretty expensive, which is why you know we always need to do. I mean, we do on average about a hundred blowouts a day, give or take per store and mm-hmm. we have hundred and five stores now, so it's a lot of blowouts mm-hmm. a lot of hot oh, air wow. um and so you know that's that's what we need to do to make the business work. in the early days, we thought it was going to be like 30 or forty blowouts a day, which of course would be. Terrible now because we didn't we totally underestimated yeah you know what this business was going to be so,
1: and your brother bought into it your brother and husband bought into it immediately they were like well my
0: my brother was like took a minute because he was like why don't and one of the first things he asked me is like why wouldn't you do cut and color too like why not just make this a regular salon I was like well. Personally, I'm just not very interested in that part of it. Like, I always loved the blowout, even when I was cutting hair. I couldn't wait to get through the haircut to blow out the hair because mm-hmm. that's when you really like. That's when the client got excited. That's when mm-hmm. you saw it like come to life. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: and for that's me, when you stop looking like ass. Yeah, <laughs> literally like, in the salon chair. I'm like, oh my god, well, With your hair wet, slick, no makeup, totally. And that was actually like part
0: of the reasoning for building dry bar the way we did. So you weren't staring at a mirror. Oh. You know, I always felt like, why mm-hmm. does anybody want to stare at themselves? with like wet hair yeah, and, and really. just the whole, I mean, and I get it obviously when you're doing a haircut, you need the mirror actually more for like measuring and things like that. <laughs> but like, yeah, why, why subject a woman to like staring at herself for 45 minutes? It's like there, you can't help, but like pick yourself apart. Like I look tired, like all these things 100%. that we do as women. So that's why I was like, I don't want women sitting at a station, a typical hairstyling station. I want them to be sitting at a bar. They can get glimpses of themselves. But then when you're done, as you know, you get you turn around for the big reveal, which also actually came from my mobile business. That it was like I was doing women's um, blowouts like in their kitchen. And so when I was done they would find, a, you know, a mirror, like, in their bathroom, and I'd hear Always. this big, like, oh, my God, because they had gone from, mm-hmm. like, seeing themselves with just, like, wet brushed hair to, like, done amazing hair. So, we tried to recreate that in dry bars, what we now call the big reveal. So, but yeah, so my brother was was a little skeptical of, of the idea at first, and, and mainly because it was, like, how are we going to get this many women in the door? Yeah. You know, I mean, will, will that work? Will they come? You know, and my husband was more bullish about it because. He knows what my hair looks like when it dries naturally. And he's like, he's like, I know he's he's she needs help. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) I I, he's like, I know you get your nails done every week, but when you come home with a blowout, it's like the first thing I notice, you know? Mm. And it's true. I mean, there's some we hear it from women all the time. I'm sure you guys feel that way too. When you get your hair done, like people notice, you know, and sometimes they don't even know what they notice. They're just like, something is different. Like you look really good. And you're like, It's, you know, it's like a lot of times women come in during their lunch break and they go back to work and everybody at the office is like, what changed? Mm. You know? So it is, and that's what we've learned running this over the last, you know, eight years. It's like we're, we give women this amazing confidence, you know, where they feel so great about themselves. And that's, that's like, not something I totally realized when we were starting this. I was like, this is a service that women want and need. You know, that was all Mm. I was really thinking. The fact that it turned into this, like, you know, it sounds so lofty, but like changing, you know, the the way women feel about themselves and like women who are like, I won't go to a board meeting without a blowout or an important date or lunch, or if I just want to feel better about myself, I've had a shitty day, you know? So it's like, Mm. it's really like, someone once did an article on us called the psychology of a blowout. And, Mm. you know, it really is like, you know, like lifts your mood and makes you feel better about yourself. And I mean, it's, I even when I say it, I feel like it sounds kind of silly, but it's, it's pretty amazing when you sit in dry bar and you watch the way a woman comes in the shop, very serious and like all business and a little bit cranky. And then when she walks out and she's like looking at every mirror and she's like, oh, she's just so like, right. there's this happiness, you know? So it's, it's pretty amazing. and And that's, I I I couldn't have I didn't see that I didn't Mm. I I didn't even realize how how impactful and how much women were gonna love this I just thought you know I could open one little
2: shop in Brentwood and that would be like my livelihood Mm -hmm. you know I think too like to be kind of that um, that gateway to making time for yourself because it's only an hour right and it's affordable right and so for women to be able to do that it almost like is the inciting appointment that's like, oh, okay. So it was only an hour, but I feel a hundred times better. I took time for myself. I read a magazine. I like turned off my brain. Yeah, And so it just kind of incites other like self-care. I just think it's important, you know, that it's accessible to a lot of people. I think that's so- Well,
0: I think that's the thing too, is we feel like we kind of gave women like permission to do this because I think at, at some point, you know, obviously- You know the the behavior of getting a blowout was something like our grandmothers did, right? Or grandmothers' grandmothers did. They went to like the beauty parlor and they got Mm -hmm. like the big hair, the bouffant. (laughs) They didn't touch it for a week. Like you remember (laughs) hearing stories about that. And like somewhere along the line, that behavior went away. And so I feel like we brought that back and kind of modernized it. Obviously, but I mean, we have clients who go like two, three, four, like a week without, you know, days or a week without getting a blow up, getting, washing their hair, mm-hmm. you know, cause they, they feel so good about it, dry shampoo and they're done. So that behavior of our grandmothers, grandmothers generation, you know, it went away, but it's like, you know, then it was only celebrities. And like, you know, if you were like on a red carpet, then you had this like amazing va mm-hmm. va hair mm-hmm. and you had a celebrity stylist doing it and all of that. And it's like, why, why can't women everywhere experience that. And that was the thing too. I mean, it was interesting when we started the business because there was women like me who have curly, frizzy, like unruly hair that were taking part in, in dry bar and were like, oh gosh, thank God they're dry mm-hmm. bar. But then there was women, some women who had like straight hair and some women who were like, what's a blowout? You know, and once they went in for like an a special occasion, like a wedding or bat mitzvah or something and they, and they got a blowout, they were like, Wow, you know, for $45, I can do this on a Tuesday and feel really great about myself. It doesn't have to be just for a special event. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like that permission to go and take care of yourself and do something that makes you feel really yeah. good in that that hour to yourself. So all of those things, you know, weren't again things that we were strategizing or anything about in the in the early days of starting the business. It's definitely things that we realized after we started that like, wow, this mm-hmm. is this is like pretty Amazing what we're yeah. doing here.
1: and then the first year, like what was that
0: like? Was it just like, like, oh my gosh. I mean, the first, I would say like four to five years were just insanity. I mean, we were opening stores so incredibly fast. I mean the first the first like six months, i I worked seven days a week. I wouldn't leave the store. I like mm. wasn't comfortable. I mean, it was also like so much adrenaline and it was like totally. We were busy all the time. and I just was like, so, and I, I didn't, I didn't hire a manager in the beginning. Cause again, I thought this was going to be much smaller than it turned out to be. And I, I, I used to like sit at the first station and do blowouts. And then like, so I could watch the front desk and make sure, you know, whoever was at the front so desk. was you were people, still doing
2: blowouts. Oh yeah. Because we, wow.
0: we didn't hire enough stylists when we first yeah. opened either because we were like, I don't, we didn't know who was how many people were going to be coming in. So I was very quickly trying to bring in more stylists, but I was like supplementing and I'm pretty fast. So I was like, I can get people in and out of here pretty fast. So I would sit at the first station so I could manage the front desk and make sure that those, you know, people checking in and out were happy and like everybody's happy. So I could like basically manage the shop from doing blowouts. And that was, I mean, that was really fun. And that was like a fun time. So I was in that shop Around the clock. And then, you know, then we, six months later, we opened our second store in Studio City. And then within six months, we had opened, I think, our third and fourth in like West Hollywood. And just because the first was doing so well? Well, because it was so busy that we had, like, I, my, so my brother at the time hadn't, like, he was running a real estate marketing company and Cameron was still, a creative director and an advertising agency. So it was really just me. Yeah. My sister-in-law Sarah was also helping me, but I was like running the show and I, you know, within a couple months I brought in like a store manager so I could have somebody else like helping me. But I was still there every day. And then by the time we opened the second store then I was like splitting my time. And then we, by the time we opened like three and four stores, I could still kind of split my time between all the stores, but it was, it was hectic. And yeah, I mean, women from like Beverly Hills would walk in and, and then the Brentwood women would be like, get these ladies out of here, give them their own store. I mean, it was like, Honey, it was very busy. And, and it was way. like, we were like the cool club <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> yeah. get into. But, but that's not wow. what, you don't want that for your yeah. business. Yeah. you know? So we were like, I, and my brother was still, I was like, you have to stop. The business you're doing, and come do this with me full time because I think we're like we've kind of captured lightning in a bottle here, and we have to like wow really what do what this. Feeling. And it he was d- he was down, he was down because cool. you know obviously he was like very invested from the very beginning, and I think we he didn't rightfully so him and Cameron didn't quit their day jobs because I wasn't really taking much money as a salary because we were all just kind of like holding our breath to see if this was even going to work. So they still had their jobs so we could all still eat. And, Mm -hmm. and so, but really within those first like couple of weeks, I was like, Mike, you have to come and do this with me full time. And, and he was like, yeah. I think I do, wow. <laughs> and so I was like, "Can you find a second store?" Because and that's always he's still like is our kind of, our head of real estate, and and that's that's what he started doing and just figuring out those leases because I didn't have time to do anything else. I mean, and I had two little kids at home, so it was mm-hmm. it was pretty intense uh, there for a while. But the intensity didn't. I mean, it really hasn't slowed down, but in the like within four or four years and we brought in a professional CEO, which used to be my brother. And then we brought in all these other people. So to help do a lot of the things that I was doing, I was, you know, now had help, which now I have, we have tons of help. So it was, it was crazy,
2: crazy, crazy in the beginning. I'm fascinated by like your relationship too, with your husband, like, Mm -hmm. like what did it, First, you already had two kids, right? Mm-hmm. When you opened? Yeah, they were three and five. So, Damn.
0: Yeah. Well, my mom also like lived close by. So that was like okay. the saving Dude, grace. The money. She was like with the, I mean, she was like their second mom. So she was wow. with them all the time. So that really helped because so it was like my life changed pretty instantly. And, and I was like, not only working all the time, but then there was, and this was a great thing, but we had all this press and that. So I mm. was like the spoke all of a sudden I was like the spokesperson for the brand. Cause it was my idea. It was my baby. And so then that like kind of spiraled into a whole thing all the time where I was always doing press and interviews and all of that. And, and that was kind of a like a big, like, oh, this is interesting and fun. Mm -hmm. Like,
2: okay. You know, so it's just all this newness that was happening. Like It's fun to think about like your relationship with your husband, how it's like changed over the years, like from first meeting, having kids. And now it's like this rebirth. I don't know how it feels like to you, but how have you managed kind of like that personal relationship, you know? Well, it's been interesting because when we
0: first met, I was like, I think we got married when I was 27, and mm-hmm. I, and and even though I had already gone to beauty school and I'd done a lot of things and I'd worked in a lot of great salons, we met when we were both living in New York City, and uh, you know after like going through like a major party phase, we all of a sudden all we did was go to dinner and a movie, and we lived in a teeny tiny apartment in New York City, and I was like. I- I was like, I don't think I can do another winter here for starters, <laughs> and 100%. you know, and I was like, We're we live in this city and we have really no money, and it's just hard. And we've kind of had surpassed that, like, rite of passage, which I think everybody should live in New York City, but mm-hmm. we were just a little over it. So I was like, I think I want to move to California. So, you know, for him, he'd worked in major advertising agency in New York, and then we moved to San Francisco for a very short lived not great year which is a whole other story mm. but then we were in LA and i was like all i could think about was having kids and i just wanted to be a stay at home mom he had a great job he was in advertising it was like life was felt pretty perfect like he was making decent money being in advertising and i was able to be a stay at home mom so you know that and that was an interesting time because i was at home with my kids all the time and mm. i you know started to make a lot of friends through that world but You know, I can remember when Cameron would come home from work and I'd be like, like talking his fucking ear off because (laughs) I was like with babies all day. And so, and that's when I think I, that's like was the beginning of me starting to feel like, oh my God, like I need to do something that like Mm. challenges me and I need to do something for myself again. So it was an interesting transition going from being like a stay at home mom and him being the breadwinner and like that whole life to starting this business that was my idea that exploded on us. And you know, me being the one who was now traveling and like working so much and being like the face of this brand. And it was definitely like a shift, which like took a second of adjustment for us. And, mm-hmm. and and then it like, you know, over the last eight years, I've had to travel so much that like he's, you know, we have a fight occasionally about like, you're never home and mm-hmm. I'm always with the kids and all mm-hmm. of that. So it's, it's definitely been a lot of, you know, ups and downs. And, and we're kind of in the middle of another transition because Cameron, which you know, we haven't even really like made this like official to the world. Exclusive, but, yeah, <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> it is. He so Cameron has always done all the creative work and branding for Drybar, wow. which is so good. He's so good. He's, he's so good. Come I mean, on. Talk about like lucky. He's so incredibly talented, as you know. So oh, yeah. and and you know, for years, people have come to us asking if Cameron would like help them with their brands, or whatever. And of course, he always says no because he's so busy with Drybar. So, long story short, you know, we were living in in um in in Orange County for a couple of years because that's where our our corporate office oh, is okay. in Irvine. And I didn't I I didn't love it there and I wanted to move back to LA and we were like our business was kind of really taking off here so I wanted to get back here. So, we moved back to LA and it was a little bit of a like moving the off like creative and marketing and it was a little a little hairy there for a minute. But anyways, long story short, Cameron has actually broken off from Dry Bar. He still does all of dry bar creative, but he's got his own agency. So it's, it's cool. which is called CWA, but he had, we haven't like, he's like, I don't have a website yet. We don't, you know, he's babe. Don't tell him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, the reason that, you know, I haven't like, you know, uh-huh. we haven't put anything out there because he's not a hundred percent set up to take on other clients, although he is, taking on other clients and there are some other things that we have in the works that I really can't talk about. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there's just, and for creatives, like they want, they get really like stale Mm -hmm. and bored of working on the same thing over and over again. So this was, that was also part of the catalyst for starting an agency where the creative team could work on other projects and 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 they're all better for it. You know, when you're working on multiple projects, you like there's just more creativity happening. So that's kind of where we're at now. So, uh, and meanwhile, our like corporate office is down in Irvine and then I'm here. So it's just kind of an interesting time as we've broken off a little bit. So, But it's so fun and, you know, and I'm in Irvine all the time Mm -hmm. still, but I have an an office in now CWA. So so it's a neat new little phase and chapter for us. Oh, I love that. I'm sure
1: it gives him like his own thing too. It
0: does. And I think he was like ready for that, you know, creatively and personally. I think it was like the right time for him to like, start this new endeavor. Mm. So, but, but not to worry everybody, he still does (laughs) dry bar exclusively. (laughs) He's still in
1: charge of all dry bar creative. Did you have any input? Like what was the, what were the conversations for branding? Like, like, do you think you would have been as successful if your branding wasn't so on point?
0: No, I think that, you know, I feel very strongly that there's a lot of different things that have that together have made us so successful. And even though what's what been really satisfying for Cameron, never having been like an entrepreneur, his parents worked for other people. So there's just no entrepreneurship in his family. He didn't know mm. any of it at all. My parents had their own business. So Michael and I were like, you know, it was like, we're just like, it's in our blood. So for Cameron, it was really very gratifying for him to be, you know, not being told like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Which normally clients, when you're working for and there's a client, they're like, I don't like this. Or can you make this font bigger? And he just wants to be like, no, that's a bad idea, but you kind of have to do what the client does. And there's that whole thing. So for, for Drybar, it was really amazing and such a like fun thing to watch for him to just be like, I'm totally calling the shots here. Nobody can tell yeah. me no. Wow. You know, that being said, he, he would always bounce things off me and Michael and we and Michael and him actually have such a great relationship and Michael has a marketing background too. So they would, they're actually a really great team. And and we all always talk about things like when we were, you know, our architect, Josh Heitler, who's out of New York, when we told him we wanted the shops to feel like I always wanted it to feel like, like a boudoir, like white and pretty and clean, but we wanted a pop of color. So mm-hmm. we all talked about all these different colors and obviously ultimately all felt like yellow was the thing. So, so many of those decisions were made uh, at at a you know, a group level, but I'm Cameron not pink. Yeah, what's that? I'm surprised not pink. Well, it's purpose very purposely yeah, right, not exactly. pink because it just felt like too cliche. Yeah, like it had been well, done. Cheap and, yeah, and it also is like how much time can you spend in a space that's like pink? Oh. Yeah, that's you know, so true. I mean, granted, dry bar, yellow it's pops of yellow. Like the whole shop isn't yellow, really? but yellow just to me felt like something nobody was doing and mm. felt very bright and happy. And and one of Cameron's kind of. The research and the way he he kind of comes out with things is when we were starting dry bar, he looked at a lot all the other hair brands out there just to see like what what is what do most people do, which is very similar. It was like dark and grey and black and shadow and smoky and so true. You know, which I think it's evolved. Since then, but that was really like it's anything. like the Redkin and the right. like Orbe is black. yeah, yeah, Bumble, and Bumble's know, kind of bright. They, yeah, they're kind bright. And now, like and now, and now it's like there's great brands out there like R and Co. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, there's yeah. it's definitely changed, the landscape has changed. But you know, 10 years ago, it, it wasn't. And so, we just he always wanted the brand to feel like happy and sunny and bright. And so, that's kind of how. It came, but you know, he's, he's ultimately like the final decision maker when it comes to branding, but it's, it was all very collaborative and it still is.
1: Mm. What advice would you give for um, an entrepreneur or someone that's starting a business in regards to branding? Well, I think it's,
0: it's, (laughs) I think most people think they're really good at branding. Honestly, it's like when you, and it's, (laughs) and it's pretty shocking to me how bad branding is. In a lot of places, let's yeah. just leave it at that, you know. And I think that, and then, and then you see places that it's like unbelievable, like Sprinkles Cupcakes. That's a great example, a you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like um, like Salt and Straw. Like I think mm-hmm. they do a good job. I don't know why I'm going to all desserts, but
1: oh but there's goodness. a lot what? of like this.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like places that that do a great job, and it's like the first thing you notice, you know, when you walk yeah. into a place and it's well branded. You're like, I'm in. You just, you, you immediately like love the, and have like a kinship You with trust it. And you trust like it. You you're like, like you're somebody, care of. right. Somebody yep. thought of these details. Someone thought of it. Which this. to your point, makes Thoughtful. you feel better about everything else that's going to happen to you in this place, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, frankly, a, a lot of businesses miss, which is why I've always wanted Cameron to go out on his own, because I think there's so much opportunity, you know? And, and he's been inundated, which is great. So to answer your question, I think that like, be really like honest with yourself and, and, you know, and don't assume that you can just, you know, having no background and no experience. And, and, and like, I think there's some people who are just like naturally creative. Like, I don't know if you guys ever get over to Culver City, but one of my best friends owns Midland. Have you ever been to that shop? Oh no, no. Yeah. It's on um, Washington and it's this really cute store and it's, and she is this girl Paige Appel. She's she's my best friend. She's been forever. And she Mm. decorated my house. She has like a naturally great Mm. aesthetic and her store is so super cute. And you fall in love the second you walk in. So she's got that down, but she's rare, you know, like I didn't, like, I couldn't have like branded dry bar the way it was. I mean, in my case, like Cameron was our secret weapon. So I think recognizing, which is like my overall, advice for everybody ever in starting a business is like, recognize what you're good at and what you know and what you don't, you know? And I think having that sensibility for great branding, you know, as long as you have it great, as long as somebody in your team has like a good sense of that, because it, it's not just like being able to like, you know, like like your part like this place it's so cute you know but then it's like how do you carry that consistently through a business mm. from everything from like the emails that you send and and the signs that you put up and the way the bathroom looks and like the bags and like there that brand consistency across mm. the board is so incredibly important cuz you may be able to like decorate your apartment cute but like can you can you turn that into a, a business that that every touch point for a customer has that piece of branding which again shit I didn't understand eight years ago that now is very crystal clear to me. So, you know, being open to having that, you know, real conversation, you know, with yourself or your partners of, you know, getting somebody to make sure that you're like on point.
2: Those moments when you're like, fuck, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) there's been a lot of those, Right. But what is your nature? Is it to be like, okay, let me learn. Or is it does it paralyze you? Like what, it, how did you get through I think through that? it's like a little bit of both. I feel like in the early days when we were starting dry bar and I was
0: having to deal with like everything, like figuring out what kind of licensing we needed because we were a hair salon, but we weren't really a hair salon. So then I had to spend like hours and hours on the phone with the cosmetology board. And then I had to figure out how to like read all the contracts mm. and the things that we needed. And some of it, I just like hunkered down and figured out. And some of it, I was like a very good friend of ours was a, as a, a lawyer. And I was like, can you, like a real estate lawyer is like, can you decipher what the fuck this means? Because mm-hmm. I don't understand it, you know? And I think that that's another good lesson is like leaning on people and friends, family, people to help you navigate some of the waters of things that you don't, you know? I mean, there's some things that I, you know, I, I also had used to have to do payroll when we first opened, which is, everybody should be happy. I'm not doing payroll anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But to your point, I figured it out. Like we had to get people paid and I would also ask for help and when I needed it, you know, that's also the beauty of having two business partners that we can all kind of help each other and bounce things off. But I would ask, you know, I was never shy and bashful about that. I would ask anybody who would, <laughs> was willing to help yeah. and like lend a hand or give me advice or say, you know what, you should try this or talk to this person. They can probably help you with that. You know, it was like trying to find like towel vendors out of the blue. I mean, I, How do you know? I mean, and and, and
2: little things you don't. It's so many little things,
0: and and I literally—it's like kind of a longstanding joke now. Because I, when I was like trying to get everything ready for the store, and I was like, "Well, we need towels. We're washing hair. Where do we get towels?" And so I like looked online and like found the towel company and ended up like signing this contract. Which we, which you know, a year later, my brother realized we were paying way too much for towels you know, in, in, you know, ratio to what we were doing and whatever. And so he tried to break the contract and they were like, Oh, you know, your sister signed this contract that you, if you break it, it's like $30,000. And we were like, what, you know, and I was, like that was like my lesson and like, don't ever sign anything without a lawyer reading it. But just like, these are things that like, you just, you figure yes, like they tell that. you, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to give you a thousand towels a week or whatever it was. And here's, here's how much it costs. And I was like, okay, you know, and it's like, you know, there's a million little stories like that of things that like you, you know, it's like, and then, before we had we'd launched our own product line when we brought in blow dryers, like they weren't lasting very long. Our blow dryers were dying left and right, which was like, shit, man, that's another really high cost. Wow. Which they would just die. And like there's, I, I remember I used to like try to work a deal with the vendor to get them to like repair them for free because because no other blow dryer had had to stand up to like what ours did. We were open 12 hours a day and they were pretty much running 12 hours a day, which is really why we ended up making our own because mm-hmm. we needed something more powerful that would last longer and be lightweight enough for our stylus and all of that. So it's like, I could go on and on. I mean, there's so many examples of things that you just don't know that you don't know and you figure out as you go and mm. hope for the best. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to just kind of be up for that challenge and not like, get freaked out and then also know that like if it's your own business like you just you have to be the one that says just figure something out you know i feel like i remember so much in the early days just being like you know people coming to me with problems all the time and being like I don't know, but never saying that, but just being like, well, somebody has to make a decision. It may be the wrong one, but I'm, I got to make one because Mm. nobody else is going to. And so that's, you know, kind of an empowering exercise as you, when you're running your own business that you just do that. And, and you, you know, you have to cut yourself some slack and realize like, I may have made the wrong decision here, but I will learn from it. You know, Mm. what's a decision
1: that you made that was
0: like a mess up? (sighs) Well, definitely the towels. Yeah. That was Yeah. That's a good lesson for us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's, contracts. Yeah. Contracts are tricky. And now it's like annoying because I, you know, I, I, we spend a lot of money on lawyers, but you have to protect yourself. And cause I get asked, you know, when I'm doing things all the time, people want me to sign something. I'm like, Oh no. Ugh. You know, I'm like, I, cause like, it's such like that stuff is such like lawyer mumbo jumbo, but you ha- somebody needs mm-hmm. to read it make sure they're not like, so by the way, you know, if you curse we on the air, yeah, 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 you know, you're, it's that you still know. Yeah. So
2: Yeah yeah so many so many I don't even know if they're brands really because they don't feel like chains quite like yours at all Mm -hmm. but um you know when people copy your concept yeah like what was that like did you just not look blinders on or
0: well in the beginning I remember like the first one because it was right down the street from our first store Uh. and the woman who opened it wanted us to, she (laughs) was, she was, she wanted to open, um, which she did at the country mart down the street. It's no longer there, but, a makeup and blowout concept, which I was like, I don't want anything to do with makeup. You know, I was like people, I'm sorry, people are not going to get their makeup done the way they get blowouts. Like, it doesn't last. You wash it all at the end of the day. Like, like I sure there should be an option, but I was like, I don't want to be in that business. And she wanted us to partner with her. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want anybody messing up what we have here. Mm -hmm. So we didn't. And she ended up opening herself. And it was like, you know, Whatever. I don't need to get into it. But right. I was really freaked out about it. And I remember I used to drive by it all the time. <laughs> oh my God. I love so cool. that. Just so to Sally. see. I was like, are there I people in that. there? You know? And, and it, you have like a mustache on and yeah, glasses. You're like, what? <laughs> I totally feel like that. And and so, you know, and I mean, that was a little more dramatic because it was like the first mm. copycat. And, and I, even today, I mean, I would always like, if you came into a dry bar and you were asking me like the questions you're asking me now, I would just, I would tell anybody. I would talk to anybody. I was so excited and happy about what we had done. And I even years later got a letter from a woman who had opened a total copycat in another city and was like, I just wanted to tell, like, basically like, a, I don't know what the wow. point of that is. I want to apologize and say that like, you were so gracious and talked to me for so long about your business. I've actually opened my own and I just wanted, it was like a clearing conscious kind of, it was so weird. I saw that letter and I was like, I don't know what To do with this because I mean, I think that like she was well intentioned by sending me this letter, but you know, it was kind of like a moment where I realized like maybe I need to like not tell everybody everything about my business. But I've been learning that too. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, but but again, I think we then we were like, we felt very like closed lip about like things Mm. that we would say. But then what we realized was like even things that we would say in interviews or whatever, like nobody really got it, you know? And, and I do feel like there is this like secret sauce that we have that, you you know, it's just not easily duplicatable. I mean, between Absolutely. the experience that my brother brings, what my husband brings, what I bring, like I, you know, I have 20 years in this business. I know blowouts I feel like I can say better than anybody, you know, and I, I don't claim to be like the best hairdresser that ever lives, but when it comes to blowout and what, what I know lasts and works and techniques and all of that stuff, like I've been honing that, that muscle for a very long time. And now running dry bar, you know, we, we, we beg for feedback. I mean, you guys know, after you leave, we send you an email, like, tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. We really want to hear it. So, you know, now we've spent almost 10 years, like, compiling all of that data and information to make sure we're doing it right. So there are a lot of competitors that keep popping up. And and in some ways, I feel like, and and I really do feel this way, that the the copycats, especially in cities that we're not in, has raised the awareness of the category. Because like I was explaining before, there was a lot of women who didn't even know what a blowout was, never had a blowout, like kind of could understand because when they would get their hair cut, like that day their hair looked better than it ever normally does. Mm. So they kind of got it. So the whole category has, has been lifted and you know, there's a lot of blow dry bars all over the, the, the the part of it that makes me crazy is when they really like copy us. Like we have people who are like, you know, open a blow dry bar and they call it like Sally's dry bar. I'm like, you, you can't use dry bar, but it's almost like become like Kleenex tissues. It's like, you you just like, you're like, give me a Kleenex. It's not an act. Kleenex is the brand, you know? You're like, I'm going to take an Uber. Yeah, exactly. And and you could be taking other things. Mm -hmm. So it's been that part's been frustrating. Mm -hmm. And we've had to like spend a boatload of money in legal fees to like shut people down who've done that. So that's like the flip side of it. That's frustrating. But, Mm. you know, we're, you know, I think we're, we're way ahead of the pack. We have 105 locations. And, and again, I do feel very, you know, strongly that there is just something that we do that is hard to, to, to duplicate.
1: Yeah, I feel the same about us. Yeah, because it's like at the beginning when we would talk to people that would be like, oh, we want to start a podcast, and we would tell them everything, and then you were like, oh, I don't know if that doesn't feel good, you know, to do that because you maybe have a little bit of insecurity about the path. Yeah, but now I don't really care because I know it's like an X factor. that yeah, we have totally that really is like a different. How many years have you guys had this? Two yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. it's like doesn't really matter, yeah, you exactly, know? yeah, it's like whatever, yeah, I feel that in well,
2: terms of um brand consistency, you were talking about, how do you communicate consistency to the people that work for you? I think you know. To have that expectation, and as you grow too, mm-hmm. to one hundred and five plus store, you know, salons now, I mean, it overwhelms me. I can't breathe just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of people to. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, that's where manage. that's where it gets really important to bring in a great, you know, management and leadership team. Sure. And I and I think I it was like around eleven stores. That my brother was like, I think we need to bring in somebody who has experience like running an organization with this kind of scale and, and we did, we started to bring people in, like we brought in a woman who had run pink berries and, you know, people who understood like scale and HR and like putting systems in place. Cause we just were winging it and bootstrapping it. So mm-hmm. it was, it was hard. I mean, from a culture standpoint, you know, it was, I think dry bar has been this great thing for this like bridge for stylists. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, when I came out of beauty school, I was like You and and most people, stylists experience when you come out of beauty school, you have to be an assistant for two years somewhere. You slowly get fed clients and it just takes forever to build up your book. You know, dry bar is like another option, another avenue for stylists to go where they are, you know, getting comfortable being on the floor. We have a very robust training program in place. So we, and I've always said that like we can take good stylists and make them great. We can't always take stylists right out of beauty school who don't have any experience, but you know, it's like probably 50-50. And so we've, you know, created this other place for stylists to like work and get really comfortable. And what ends up happening all the time, which we are, you know, more than happy to support is stylists, develop a relationship with clients that come in. And, and even though, you know, dry bar is set up so that you're going in and seeing whoever, inevitably sty- there's always clients who like the stylists they like and they they seek those stylists out. And so they they build a rapport and there's a trust. So then they it becomes a lead generator. Like The stylists will be like, oh, you know, I, I'm cutting hair over at the salon down the street. You should come uh, and see me. And so it does become a lead generator for them. And we've had stylists who've like left us because they got so busy at their cut and color salon. And then when things get slow, they're like, can I come pick up some shifts at Drybar? So we've created this other avenue again for stylists to go down, which I think has really contributed to the culture. And the fact that like, there's nothing quite like Drybar. I mean, you work hard in Drybar. And I think that sometimes like, <laughs> our, it's it's an interesting the millennial... I love them, but there's also mm. this like, you know, it's like, I think, and I don't even know if it's necessarily millennial or just the fact that like, if you've never had to be someone's assistant and you've never worked in like a really busy salon where like, you're lucky if you take a bite of a sandwich all day, which is what my experience was when I came out of beauty school and I worked, I was an assistant for like years and, and I worked my ass off and I didn't, I never complained about like eating lunch or breaks and all the stuff that, you know, is is like real <laughs> now. And, mm. and I'm not saying people shouldn't get breaks because mm-hmm. everybody should get breaks, but it's just a different world in that yeah. way. And so, you know, we, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like dry bar isn't the place for every stylist because you are doing client after client after client after oh, client. Yeah. And that's just the pace. Whereas like if you're working in a full service line, you're doing color, it's sitting. You can maybe take a break. Or you or you have four assistants who are helping you apply color or whatever the case may be when you're working in dry bar like it's just you you wash your own client you know and not every stylist and it's okay but not every stylist is like down for that they don't want to mm. be in the, that kind of environment you know which we've had stylists who've like you know badmouthed us and complained and whatever because they because how hard they're working and they are working hard like make no mistake but that's the job and 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 some people thrive on it and love it I mean we have 3,000 stylists so I think there's enough people people out there that like it, but it is a really hard job. And it's like, you have to kind of sign up for that, you know, in, in like my heyday, I, that's what I was doing and I was fine with it. So, you know, so for the stylists that like, love it, you know, it's, it is, you, you really feel part of something and they love that they can make women feel really good. And, you know, we have this whole heart and soul, like all of our values, our 10 core values that we have these cards that you can like write a value that you saw in somebody else and put it up on the back wall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always have food and snacks Mm -hmm. for the stylist and we do as much as we can do to like make them feel good while they're there. Like having clean break rooms and having snacks for the stylist and giving them really flexible shifts. Like they don't have to work an eight hour shift or even a six or, you know, there's, there's a lot of flexibility. So I think that has made You know, it it a a fun work environment. But, you know, it's also a lot of work. So, you know, like everything in life. How do you shut, like,
1: do you and your husband, like, how do you guys turn it off? Like, do you? That's a good question. Do you ever do that?
0: (laughs) You know, yes and no. I think as
1: uh, over time, we've gotten better at that
0: and the fact that we have so many great people we have a professional ceo we have you know a head of retail a head of marketing and then they have their teams and so so many of like the little things that we used to have to do we have somebody else doing but it, it, you know i think that's like the double edged sword of owning your own business like you never 100% shut it off and it gets a little i mean for us at this point it's gotten a little bit easier but like i still get emails all the time from clients, like whether, you know, good and bad, sometimes they're upset and want to tell me about something. And, you know, and, and I still, you know, I still get a lot of those and still have to like, you know, make sure that they're getting taken care of and people still reach out to me like on Instagram and DMs and which I, which I love because then Mm -hmm. I get to like, you know, see it all and I don't ever want to be shielded, which is really tends to be a little bit of the tendency of, of like a team who doesn't Mm -hmm. want like the founder to be upset because I want right. to be
1: shielded. Huh. Yeah. I was thinking the other day. I was like, I can't wait to have a shield.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I literally am going to tell my team, "Don't tell me anything." Like, but see, honestly. but the
0: but the problem with that is that you know it's like you you care so much, and so when yeah. you hear that, like you know, you're I'm a big believer where there's smoke, there's fire. So when I hear that, like something's going on with one or one, even just one client, I'm like that if that woman was treated badly by somebody in our shop, there's chances are that whoever treated her badly is probably treating other people badly yeah. too. And it, and if nobody like mm. does anything about it, like, you know, that's like, you know, those are, those are like, I mean, you know, for me, I'm like, Oh my God, the whole, the sky is falling. And if we don't fix this, no. our business is over. Yes. You know, but if but somebody needs to be that person, that's like, you know, this, we have to fix this, you know, mm-hmm. which I am, I am that person and drive everybody crazy. Can you read every email. I honestly don't anymore because it's just like the VAT. And we're doing 1.2 million blowouts a year. So it's virtually impossible. But I do, a lot of things do bubble up to me. And, you know, I think there's some people who are craftier than others. And I get it because I'm like that too. Like, you know, people find my email and they email me and they're like, listen, I've been, or just old clients are like, I've been a customer a long time. But I got to tell you, I noticed this in you know whatever store and I thought as a business owner if it was yeah. my business I'd want to know. So, you know, I take those very seriously. Yeah. But we do have a like a really expansive customer service team too that's dealing with all of that stuff and mm-hmm. um and they do and they do a really good job. I mean, our like overall rating and with this was funny because we did a survey maybe a year or so ago when I was like really freaking out because I was like about something and we did a survey. And you know, surveys are only so good, and you only get you really only capture a small percentage, but like our, I mean, our like standard level is like 99.7 or something, mm-hmm. so insanely good, knock yeah. on wood. But keep in mind, with 1.2 million clients or blowouts, you know, that that like 0.3% is still like thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, Thousands and thousands of people is still a lot, you guys, but it's a hard, like, you know, and then there's some days where I'm like, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. But then there, not. you know, and some people just love to
1: find stuff. That's yeah. Right, honestly, you know? that's very true. They came in with like an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to be like,
2: something's mm-hmm. going to go
1: wrong no matter what. Yeah. hundred percent.
2: One of the last questions for me, but the, I think as an entrepreneur, as it's hard to take care of yourself. And um, I'm sure it's happened later for you and you're really able to kind of take the time and do that. But what would you suggest for our listeners who are entrepreneurs and uh, who are struggling to find the time to take care of themselves? How do you find the time and what do you do?
0: Well, I think that's very true because I feel like the first couple of years, you know, I was like, I got to be in the office by nine o'clock and like, if so much to do and whatever. So I wouldn't like work out as much as I'd like to. And I just felt like I, I had to be, you know, and and I, somewhere along the line, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't feel good about my body. I don't feel good about myself. Like I have got to find the time. And for me, it was like hard to do it after work because I wanted to get home for my kids. So, you know, my, I wanted, I wasn't getting home till like five, six, seven o'clock at night. That only gave me a really small window with my kids. So I wasn't going to go work out then, not to mention I was tired, but that was something that I felt like was really missing. And it, it really did take me a couple of years to say, you know what? I'm going to come in the office at like 10 or 11 every day because I'm going to go work out in the morning and then I'm going to shower and then I'm going to come in and, mm. and I'm going to not take meetings until 10 or 10 30, not every day, but like, I'm going to give myself a couple days a week where or maybe even three days a week. where like, that's just what I do. And everyone has to just kind of be okay with that, you know? And, and as an entrepreneur, I mean, especially, you know, in my case, and there's a lot of other people like, you, you know, you need to be respectful of everybody's time, but you know, that's one of the beauties of being an entrepreneur. It's like, you're your own boss. You make your own rules. That's one of the greatest things about being an entrepreneur is like you figure out what works for you, you know, because, you know, for me, it's like I could take off like an hour or two in the morning because I was going to work out and whatever, and then have my day, be with my kids, get my kids to bed. And then I would get back on my computer and deal with the rest of the stuff that I had to deal with. And that to me felt better than just being at the office at nine and, you know, and so I think you just have to find your own way and and not like shame yourself about it. You know, you have to, I think that my rationale was like, I'm like a better, happier person if I'm working out in the morning versus this like cranky feeling like I'm getting
1: bitter person that nobody wants around, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Do you, are you, my last question, are you spiritual at all? (laughs) Not really,
0: but I feel like, I think it's like in me, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think that there's. You know, I grew up very non-religious, so I don't. You know, and ironically, my husband grew up Mormon, and I'm Jewish. But it was, wow. and so, but neither, and he kind of left the church, which is, you know, a whole other interesting, really, really interesting you can make story. A about that? I know. You know, so I think that, like, on some level, I feel like I probably am. I don't think I've like explored it. Mm-hmm. You know, are you? Yeah,
1: and it's just interesting, like your intuition. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you must be like spiritual, but in like a.
0: Yeah. Well I'm way. very much like and I don't know if this is considered spiritual now, I feel like I'm very like everything will work out. Yeah. Like everything happens for a reason, which is funny, well, It kind with, of has been your life. Yeah. yeah. And and my, my brother is so like, oh my God, like rolls his eyes when I say <laughs> stuff like that. You know, he's like, you make Guys,
2: always roll their eyes. I know. At
0: What's those? the deal? Well, he's like, Are you, you make your own destiny happen. And I'm like, yeah, it'll work out. Like i you know, I've always been that person. And, and it's always been this kind of joke in my family that like everything just always works out for Allie. And I'm like, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, like I'm just like a big believer. It's just been this like kind of guiding light for me that like whatever's meant to be will be is is, like cheesy as that sounds. Like I've always really believed that like things work out the way they're supposed to. And I I always felt that way about dry bar. Like if, if I was not really, I mean, I was nervous and had nerves about opening dry bar, but I always felt like if it didn't work out, no one was going to die. We'd all get jobs. Like we'd survive. We'd be fine. You know? And so I think that's always been my like, you know, and sometimes it's harder to see, I think, when you're in a tough situation or whatever. But yeah, I think that's like my kind of overall Mm -hmm. philosophy. Could you
1: imagine your life now?
0: God, no. Isn't that crazy? So crazy. And it's funny because I think as a kid, I I was so like, what am I going to do? And I didn't know what I really wanted. and, And I just kind of, stumbled into this, this life that I love so much. I mean, I really do. I love my family and my kids and the fact that I get to work with my brother and like all the crazy opportunities dry bar has given me. Like I feel very, very lucky, but I also feel like, like I've, I'm like very generous. I'm a good person. I promote other people. Like I do, I do I'm, I'm mm-hmm. such a giver that I feel like, you know, like, you know, it's, I, I deserve good things, mm-hmm. but I think I'm a very big, like, you know, you have to like, you get, you reap what you sow, and you know, everything comes back to you, and all of that stuff. So, I think I kind of live by that philosophy.
1: Yeah, I love
2: that. Absolutely. Yeah. Who does your blowout? Yeah. Do you who have has like a, the coveted, coveted job? No.
1: I, do they get so nervous? <laughs> or, do, or do you do they like, do, a, do <laughs> Wait, they like puke on themselves? Have you ever
2: like gone in as like a secret shopper and yeah. like anyone not known who you were? Undercover CEO.
1: Under- <laughs> Undercover <laughs> boss. Uh, Undercover you know, boss.
2: I have, I've definitely walked into stores
0: where stylists, don't realize who I am at first and you're like do you even know it? which which a more is annoying because I, I want them to know like the culture of the company sure. that's rather than like one's, the, the one's ego Ill, about yeah. it yeah but it's definitely shifted over the years especially since like my magazine cover and all that yeah. then it's like you can't not know who I am the yeah. magazine is all over the shop yeah you know yeah and so there is that like there are certainly those nerves, which, which honestly, you know, everyone in my company always jokes around with me because I'm like, "Why? it's so annoying to me that they get nervous. Why do they get nervous? And they're like, Allie, like, you don't, you don't realize. I'm like, I don't realize what, like, I'm sure there's some really tough clients. Like I'm just think of me as a tough client. And it's just kind of this like funny thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that we have, but I do, I go in different shops all the time and get blowouts from different people all the time. And cool. um, I, I have like some favorites here and there, but I, I really try to like, Go to as many stylists as I can,
2: and yeah. you know, Julian and Elizabeth would do that with Soul Cycle too. Remembering that, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they would go to anyone and everyone, which was always because I guess like I would in expect the back. them to go to like Angela or yeah. like Stacy or something all the time. Well, but and I'm, but they're like,
0: they're and I'm sure with Soul Cycle, if I remember correctly, there's no real like hierarchy with this with the.
2: I mean, there is a it's little. Just a so, it's like a social, like I think. Pu- Instructors become popular and they just kind of gravitate. But like on their own.
0: Yeah. So exactly. like that's the thing. Exactly. Like
2: I've always been very against us and some of our
0: management here and there has tried to do this where it's like there's like a senior stylist mm. or a junior stylist. Mm. I'm like, no, nobody gets that kind of status. There's no hierarchy here. You know, it's like… But that, because, because the other problem with that, which I'm sure is true of soul cycle instructors, is like who you love as a stylist may not be who you love as a stylist. Exactly. You know, we're so, it's such a subjective thing, hair. It's like, you know, because there's clients that, you know, absolutely are obsessed. And I have been in the stores before where I saw like a client come up to the front desk and I was like, oh boy, like I did not think her hair looked how I wanted it to look. But then, so I would like nudge and coach like the bartender, like, mate, how is everything? Do you love your hair? And like the woman's ecstatic. Like it's exactly what she wanted. So I'm like, oh my God, okay. They're like
2: these like tight little ringlets. Yeah. And are yeah. like, oh God. Yeah. yeah.
0: But you know, it's funny is like so, there's usually like a reason for it. Like some, there's so many women who come in and I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but they have really straight hair. So they, totally. they leave with their hair so super curly. It doesn't look and then super it falls, cute yeah. because it's going to fall. You know, or there's a million things True. like that. Like clients just, you know, we're all very set in our ways and there's clients yeah. who just like, like a certain thing about their hair, which that was like a little bit of a learning for me. And so I would be like, okay. And, and honestly, I don't care. I don't have any judgment. I'm just like looking at it through my lens mm. of what I think is, is what I like, but that's could be different than what obviously what she likes. And I've done it a million times. And like this, the bartender or whoever will come back to me like, no, she's so happy. Oh. She like tipped her well, she was ecstatic. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, that's the less thing for me yeah. to worry about. So, you know, so, so there can't be that, like, it's just so personal and subjective. Mm-hmm. I mean, stylists don't get on the floor at dry bar unless they, you know, go through a bunch of, you know, making sure they can do like a handful of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, of course, like we're not always perfect, but we sure try. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what are you struggling with now?
0: I think, I think that probably the biggest thing is more of like a personal struggle with like my kids Getting mm. older, oh. my I have, I have a 13 year old son who is like bigger than me. He can he picks me up when he hugs me now, no and he was like my baby. I'm like just just yesterday he was oh. like I was like nursing him, you know. Oh. So, and he's going into eighth grade, and eighth grade's so hard. And so I'm like five more. Well, yes for him, but for me, I'm like five <laughs> more years. That's all I have with you, oh. you know. Because then it gets really scary thinking about like he's gonna move out. And like, we know, you know how you were when you were out of high school and you're like, see ya, you know? And, and I, there's already that in him, like, he's like ambitious and I know Mm. I just can see it. Like, he's just going to, you know? And then I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be so weird when he doesn't like live here anymore. Like, Mm. you know? So I think it's, I I think I like, it just gives me such a pit in my stomach when I think about like Mm. that being only five years away you know because when you have a baby you just feel like you have 18 years in front of you (laughs) you know and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god my my brother my brother michael just had a baby who's like two weeks old so it's really fun to like hold a baby again but and i was like we were kind of going back and forth on wanting to have another one and wanting a girl because i have Mm -hmm. two boys and then and she's so cute and like Delicious. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to have another baby. I think I'm good with giving this one back, you know, a couple hours. And then 100%. I'm like, bye. You guys have fun.
1: Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so precious.
2: What would you tell? Last question. What would you tell your um, younger self? Maybe that self that was yeah. kind of not knowing what she wanted to do, early 20s, late teens? I, I think I remember when I was like, I had gotten
0: out of doing hair, which cause I felt like I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent fulfilled. And I was like working in New York city. I was working in PR as you do as one does in New York. And, (laughs) um, and I was like, it, which was a really great experience that I think informed a lot for me in, in terms of like learning how to like write a professional email and how to write in general. Cause I used to have to write press releases and things like that. Um, But I I don't think I had the confidence that I have now. And I I think I would tell my younger self to like speak up more, speak your mind more. Because I I think as I've gotten older, I've learned that like I am smart and I know what I'm talking about. And I think that it takes a little while to like, Mm -hmm. you know, get comfortable flexing that muscle of like not being afraid to say something stupid, which, you know, everybody says something stupid every once in a while. But just having that confidence that I have now, I wish I had like in my... 20s and 30s you know totally yeah i don't think it's possible i know do you know what i mean yeah just like who has that unless that's your conditioning like as a
2: young kid to just be like fuck it yeah literally but but, well i think it's like you
0: know being Mm -hmm. like coming coming out of your shell a little bit more like i think i just could have done looking back in situations and times like i should have you know when i was like could have spoken up about something that I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're right. I think it is just who you are in your twenties. But you know, I think that we we live in this really amazing time of like all these women doing great things. And I think when you think back about, you know, we had Sarah Michelle Geller on our podcast as our first one. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about, I mean, obviously for her company Foodsters, you know, rivals like Betty Crocker and mm-hmm. these companies that have like these box things. And she was saying, and she said on our podcast that like, you know, when you think back to like the twenties, I guess, when like women didn't talk about their days and like they had their husband's slippers. I mean, I was like, oh my God, like, can you prefer, I mean, we, none of us can imagine growing up in a world like that. But I think it's like, you know, small, slow shifts as we, you know, for the girls growing up mm. now, like I, I can't think of role models when I was like, even in my teens or twenties, you know, I, I know. think there was like, was like fashion- Michelle Kwan. <laughs>
1: Maybe. And <laughs> then like,
0: there was like fashion designers. Like I worked for Nicole Miller a brief stint when I lived in New York and, but there weren't like powerful business women the way there are now. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that, that these women exist, you know, that it gives girls like this, like I can do it too. Yes. M- mentality and attitude which I think is so badass and awesome. And I'm happy to be a
2: you part of that. A mm-hmm. Damn, that's amazing. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, you
2: guys. We love yeah. hanging with you. Yeah, it's so fun. Now it's that we're best. done, it
1: means air conditioning yeah. <laughs>
2: That's
1: the only problem with podcasts. We, we, we so, like, uh, like to sweat out our guests. Yeah, um, we just wait until we see beads of sweat, and they're like, I guess we should <laughs> end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> our, it happens on ours,
2: too. We're like, we're
1: like in a hot box here. So yeah, it's like, go until, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Well, thank you so much for our listeners. If you have not, what I love about Drybar, also, it's everywhere. So um, when yeah. you're traveling, yeah. it's just some, it's kind of like, we were literally on tour and Chris and I were like where's the driver yeah I was like and I it was just like, didn't want to do like my like five hair. in yeah. the radius of where we were, oh, that's we're like, amazing great. and I
1: walked past one I was like yeah. perfect yeah. yeah literally Yeah, Yay. it's a little
2: like piece of home almost yeah. you know like it just makes you feel like oh yeah. taken care of yep. oh, so if you haven't good. been definitely go um, and check out uh, Ali's new podcast we're so just we're honored to kind Thank of be you. in that space too it's just a really good opportunity to like yeah. speak your truth and like you know, your story and people that you bring on the podcast, you know, it's, it's important to share. Well,
0: it's been fun for me with raising the bar, talking to other, we're talking to entrepreneurs like Sarah Michelle Geller and like Curtis Stone and people who like have made it and they're yeah. very successful but then we're talking to people that you've never heard of mm-hmm. and, that, and you know and just hearing everybody's like Story. stories and, and philosophies and like sometimes we're like oh mm-hmm. I never thought of that Love you know like that. that's really good advice always and learning it's amazing always learning you know and, and, and then imparting what we've learned you know with running dry bar but it's been really fun because you always end up honing in on or at least we have kind of end up honing in on one thing that mm-hmm. they're, they're like struggling with and it becomes this like business therapy
2: so mm-hmm. it's so neat. good yeah so so raising the bar. The best. Raising the awesome. bar. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you next
1: week. Love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a fun one. What a cool gal. She's the coolest. i was talking about her ring. Her ring is fucking crazy. All her jewelry. She's the she's shit.
2: Can't wait till I'm real rich and just have Same. a lot of jewelry.
1: Oh, As be, she deserves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just can't wait to like. Can't wait to be rich enough to lose my jewelry all the time and not care.
2: Oh, good one Because that's what I do
1: Yeah, you, you would definitely lose I know, control. Justin's like terrified
2: How do we secure How do we do your it? Your ring I don't know, man Leave it to peever Why don't you Can you get it sized to Like a little tighter?
1: Yeah Maybe my little finger will fall off Yeah, man, I don't even know You are skinny fingers
2: That's why I'm yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's stressful Well, <sighs> I'm a fish I feel like you should get a fake one
1: I fucking literally I think about that probably just to have, you know, yeah, but I literally think I'm like, dude I wish I was like cool and confident enough to like just get a fake ring period Mm -hmm. Yo, who the fuck knows? I know. No one knows. I get like a five carat fake ring (laughs) (laughs) Literally no one would know no one would know everyone be like why she's so rich How's she so rich? Oh, she's, but then she's there so would be a few, s- a few
2: bitches who would know the 100%. cut, clarity, color.
1: K, I don't, k, ha- k, uh, I don't hang out anywhere where anyone would know that shit.
2: Oh, my best friend Matthew Kane. hundred percent. would know,
1: I know. <laughs> God, So <we're> crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um alright you all right, y'all. Thanks we'll so see Yoass's own tour. We cannot wait. Facebook group, you all know about it. Instagram at almost thirty podcast. Thanks for sharing. We love when you guys put this in your little stories and we always make sure to repost it on our page. You the best. Mm -hmm. We love you. Thank you for being so kind and generous and loving to the other people that connect in almost 30 nation. It means so much to them. Um, You guys have been such a support and light for the others of our community. So thank you for
2: that. And be sure, you know, you have our full, full permission, not that you needed it, but create community within your own community. If you want to create a secret 30 group, we are going to help you facilitate that soon. We have some big news coming, but uh, you know, start, you know, before that, book clubs, hike clubs, whatever you want centered around, you know, connecting with almost 30 nation. Centered around that
1: pussy. Okay. <laughs> pussy power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love you guys. Love Bye. you so much. Bye. Put the cup down.